let's go ahead and dive right on into the news for Super Wild Card Weekend. Uh, playoffs are here, and there's some stuff to talk about. Now, go back to our last episode if you want to talk about teams that are not going to be a part of the playoffs, because outside of one little segment here, or it's actually probably going to be a pretty big segment, we're no longer talking about teams that are not in the playoffs for the most part. So with the injury report, I'm only reporting on teams that are still alive in the playoffs playing football. Um, it's relatively short, actually. Starts off with Kansas City wide receiver Tyreek Hill. Injured his heel in pregame. Did not play very well at all in this game uh, against Denver. Um, but uh, not to say that he's not going to be ready. It's just it's up in the air. We have no idea what his health uh, situation is going to be until we see him play on, I believe, Sunday. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sunday Night Football. Um, now, Pittsburgh running back Najee Harris has an elbow injury. That's going to be massive. But also, Pittsburgh wide receiver Deontay Johnson has a actually substantial rib injury. Uh, he might not be able to play in this Kansas City game, and I think that that is going to be the bigger of the two because now really all you have to do mm. is guard Chase Claypool. I did not hear that at any point this week. Okay. So that's interesting. That's going to be a massive one if he can't if he can't trot out there to play. I'm sorry. No Deontay Johnson. They have no chance. Zero chance. No. It's like, yes, Kansas City doesn't have DBs, but they've got enough to just throw at Chase Claypool to make sure he doesn't do anything. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry, James Washington. You are very talented, but I'm, you're not that guy. You're just, nicer than me. I would not have used that word for James Washington. You're just saying he's he's a decent – don't get me wrong. He's a decent court of a receiver, but, dude, you – I'm sorry. You you you're not gonna just step in and all of a sudden be the the savior number two on the team and and all of a sudden Kansas City suspect defense or not just can't stop this. Guy. Yeah. Now I said all of that. Let's see how this plays out. Having a massive game. Yeah. Uh, Green Bay <laughs> wide receiver Marquez Valdez Scantling did injure his back, but he's got a whole nother week of rest, so he should be fine. Um, Tampa Bay wide receiver. Um, Cyril Grayson has a hamstring injury. That is going to be massive because they Tampa keep... Tampa Bay wide receiver who? Cyril Grayson. Another. So is he number four being ahead of Scotty Miller or is he number six <laughs> being behind Scotty Miller and T. Johnson? I can't even say the guy's name. I don't even know his first name. It's just T. I don't so know. I don't okay. know where he is, say but with him, not Cyril Johnson. So real? No, Cyril. C Y R I L Cyril, 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 Cyril. I don't know something like that. Wow, uh, <laughs> but I I think it is significant because uh-huh. they don't have receivers. It's Mike Evans and Scotty Miller and who else? T Johnson, like <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so him going down too. It's just like they're getting really thin. On top of the fact that they just lost for the rest of the season. Now, uh, Tampa Bay uh, lo- loses cornerback Richard Sherman. His Achilles injury is now devolved worse than it was. Was this the time he went back out on the was that like a Sunday night game? And he came in for like three plays. And he never came back. Never came he? back. And this is the same. In- oh my! Say God. he's been dealing with it all season long. That and had to be like seven weeks ago. Yeah, roughly, maybe longer. I'm just throwing a, I'm just guessing, throwing a number. But now they've put him on IR, and if you go on IR the second time, season's over. You're done. So they can't even attempt wow. to bring him back. Uh, but he's, they did say that he is going to be on the sidelines. He's basically going to be a uh, de facto DB coach uh, for, for Tampa uh, for the rest of the season. Whatever, Richard Sherman. So <laughs> that's that. Um, and then I think probably the most significant injury of all uh, is going to happen with 
the Las Vegas Raiders, they lose defensive tackle Darius Phylon, who had himself an insane day before he uh, went down with the knee injury. I think he ended up, they have not said specifically what it is, but I think everybody's fear is it's an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. Um, but he goes down, and that is a big blow to their defensive line. Uh, defensive tackle Darius Phylon, he he was having himself a day against the Chargers. I mean, he was blowing everything up in the first wow. half of the Chargers, and he is now down, done. Yeah, he, there's I, there's no coming back for him right now. Like it's it's over. So I think that one's going to be very significant with them going up against a actually pretty formidable Cincinnati defense. That that's going to be a big big blow to them. Uh yeah, they they're gonna need they're gonna need everything they you know what it's just playoff football you look it's like a last man standing you're gonna need as many many of your starters and many of your key significant guys your gadget guys your utility dudes you need all these people it's all hands on deck it's the playoffs and basically look in 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 a, in a couple of weeks we're gonna blink and. There's going to be a handful of teams just standing around <laughs> that's left, and that's it. You know, so it, it you I know, it's kind of where we are now. I know, you know what I'm saying? Playoff goes very fast, but that's what I'm saying. It's just going to be sorry, 14 chopping block, chopping block, yeah. chop. You know, it gets real Game of Thrones in the playoffs, so <laughs> you know, it's a lot of deaths about the Caribbean start happening, a lot, a lot of surprise deaths. Yeah. <laughs> so just you all been here every year, act like, yeah, act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about. Is we're here. That one of the happen. teams that are a favorite are going to go down this week, and it's hard to pick which one it's going to be. I was looking at the exact same thing. I'm like, I I can't sit here and say all six or all 12 home teams are going to win because <laughs> yeah. that's not going to happen. And I'm sitting there like, now, which I did one the of exact you jokers? same thing. <laughs> which one of you jokers is going to sit there and choke it up? And I'm sitting there like, now I got to figure out sadistically. Which one I need to go? Oh God, I don't and like it. I don't either. And I'm like, do I just play the odds? And like, well, most of them. Will- <laughs> Any, moving on. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I understand your sense of it. 1,000. God. <laughs> All right. Let's talk some headlines. I want to get these yes. uh, kind of sad ones out of the way because I want to be excited for playoff football. Let's so hit let's, let's hit it, hit it, it really quick. On. First off, another just tragic story for another player. Seattle quarterback Geno Smith is now arrested for suspicion of a DUI. I say suspicion of a DUI because that's what the story said. But, man, when let me just give the facts. All right. He got pulled over because dude's driving 96 miles per hour in a in a 60 mile per hour zone. Uh, the police report states that there was a strong order of, of intoxication. That's literally verbatim what was said in the police statement, which mm-hmm. I don't know what an odor of intoxication is. I think you're smelling alcohol. You can just say that. Uh, but odor regardless. Intox- yeah. Order. No, odor. Odor of intoxication. I know. I can't speak. Um, Gino also ended up refusing the field breathalyzer test. So. That's cause for concern there. Um, and so on the spot, when you refuse a breathalyzer test under suspicion of a DUI, you are arrested and immediately taken to a local hospital. Um, and that's exactly what they did to do a blood draw. Um, and he had to be restrained for this blood draw. They had a Seattle uh, rep was there. Uh, a Seahawks rep was there uh, during the whole procedure. And he really had to like multiple times calm Gino down like say like we're gonna take care of you you just this has to happen you you decided you said no to the breathalyzer this is the next step um and so that was the whole ordeal uh but I guess good news from this I mean this is all is happening like mon- early early Monday morning like 2 a.m after they got back from 
the from the game and now he was released later monday like early afternoon one or two o'clock on a thousand dollars bond which kind of bodes well for him i guess because i i don't know who gives that cheap of a bond for a dui charge so um we'll see i guess there's no other news that has come out since monday uh if it's if he passed the test or if he horrifically failed um but this guy realized did he get any report i mean he had to get some of the reports like we did that russell wilson is possibly leaving meaning you could possibly be starting in this damn franchise finally since you're or you, you know, built a rapport with i mean he is a free agent I'm, but also you built a rapport with just the entire league now putting on tape actually good film like the first time we've ever said like yeah. decent film of geno smith I mean, it's no even New York to Jets. say his name and have a positive spin in yeah. that same statement as which or which is what we're discussing right now, and it isn't, and that's my point. I would just, I would like, did, did this guy get the memo? Like, look, you know, or have you not seen the reports of everything that's happening in Vegas this year? Like, dude, come on. Maybe he's trying to get over to Vegas. Who knows? <laughs> I don't know. Jeez. Whatever the case. Yes, tragic story. Uh, yet another tragic story involving Geno Smith. Yeah. So that's that. Um, this one isn't really tragic. It's just weird, and um, I think <laughs> that weird. It is. There's a Denver County judge that ended up clearing the way. Now Denver can actually sell the franchise. Um, basically, what happened here is back in the '80s, uh, Edgar Kayser. Um, was the owner of the Denver Broncos. I wasn't even a thought at the point. In, uh, 1984 um, is when the it was sold to Pat Bowen. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kayser's heirs have filed for, um, I think, right of, ro- right, right of first refusal on the sale back in 1984. And basically what they're trying to say is since Pat Bowen died in 2019, Right of first refusal should revert team ownership back to Pat. Uh, to, sorry, to Edgar Kayser's heirs, and so they're trying to get ownership of the team so that they can, I guess, move forward with that. Hmm. Um, but Denver County Judge has kind of nixed it, and basically now it allows since Pat Bolin has passed, whoever now has ownership, a or whatever entity has ownership of. The Denver Broncos now could be sold, and this opens up a lot of possibilities for the team moving forward, just culture wise, because it all starts from the top down. And if it gets sold to somebody who's attractive for a Deshaun Watson or a Russell Wilson or a a culture that Aaron Rodgers might want to come into, mm-hmm. this could start to kind of turn the tide for a team that hasn't seen the playoffs since Peyton Manning. Wow. So that is another big story. Um, another headline. Uh, we got some guys returning for some playoff action now. Um, okay. one caught me way off guard. Did not see this. Eric Weddle unretires to return back to the LA Rams safety. Uh, so he's going to be playing or we will we'll see if he's playing playoff football, but he is going to be on the roster at least. Right. Uh, so going to be interesting to see what condition he's in. Cause I mean, the dude was what thirty eight when he retired. So, what what are you now as a safety? Um, uh, we'll see if his legs are still I, under. I him. don't think it' not bad considering with all the injuries and COVID yeah. and everything. I mean, 
I, 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 we know why he's not retiring. Like he's trying to get this little cheap ring, but the, I, I digress. But COVID <laughs> and the injury bug that has been hitting the NFL super hard for the last couple of years. It legitimizes it. You're bringing a veteran back yeah. back to the team. So I'm Dice hey. already knows the system. He he was there exactly. with with this system already in place. So, so. it's a dual threat a dual threat issue going on here, but eh, it makes sense. Yeah. Check uh, and boxes. then also again, Zadarius Smith. Uh, he might be available as well. Uh, he looks like his timetable got sped up, especially now that they have another week off. Mm-hmm. Zadarius Smith uh, will could possibly be returning for Green Bay. So. That's going to be big for their defense. Uh, they're still missing their their two corners still, I believe. Uh, Kevin King and Jair Alexander. Are Alexander. Either one of them coming back, or are they done for the year? I think they both have the possibility of coming back, but it's like just up in the air on how fast they can come back and when they can play without re-injuring and kind of pain management-wise. So the, the, those are going to be the questions that need to be answered uh, for them to come back. Right. Um, Good news for the NFL as a whole and ESPN specifically. So the NFL reported today um, earlier that for them specifically, the NFL as a whole, the whole entity averaged over the 272 regular season games. They averaged 17.1 million viewers for each game, both TV and digital. So like streaming services that also played football games um, are, are also included in those ratings. Um, but ESPN specifically, after changing their their um, their broadcast package, uh, their ratings have gone up ten percent this season. So hmm. it looks like everybody's kind of back on the on the on the NFL track because there was a couple of years there, especially with the political uh, spectrum and uh, the way things were going, uh, dividing hmm. the country. It looks like the NFL got hit hard, um, and and they kept going down, down, down uh, in ratings back to back years, and now they're finally back in the in the positive direction. So, um, happy to see that at least. Um, and then last thing that I have is, want to know why? Cowboys back on top. Uh, I'm good. Kidding. Don't I'm even kidding. start with I me. Quit. I'm All kidding. right. <laughs> last one, Adrian Peterson. <laughs> this man comes out Seattle's eliminated they're done <laughs> he comes out early it was yesterday I think yeah and it's like hey anybody I'm a free agent anybody willing to sign me I will play I am playing football again I will continue to play football is he not like 48 like <laughs> this dude <laughs> you know would be poetic justice I got poetic justice I think Pittsburgh should give him a call. No. No, no, hear me out. Hear me out. No, I, I think Pittsburgh <laughs> would be like the number two. Chicago, round it out. No, round no. it out. Go through the whole NFC North. No, no. You got, you got to go. You know, no, he, he, he has to go. He, he, first of all, the callousy is he has to bum off one of these playoff teams. He's going to try to. He, he has to try to swipe a ring some kind well, of way. Well, he can't. He, he cannot sign this year. It would have to be after. Oh, the I season. thought I was sort of no, no, like, no. since he's free, he could just go like no, no, anybody no. wants to pick him up, they can pick him up. No, he so, okay. so if you're on the NBA roster in, in, in no, if you're on the roster in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, it, or sorry, in week 18, after that you cannot sign to any other team. That's why, uh, oh, I forget who it is. There was uh, there was a free agent. Oh, Antonio Brown. Um, there was a thought that if somebody wanted to, yeah, they could have signed him in week 18. So that he could be able to play in the in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. 
but that all that's a whole nother ordeal but that's just the thought like disgusting stat if from you're week 17 yeah. by the way. <laughs> from week 17 not week 18 moving we, on we talked about it last week uh, but if you're on the roster in week 18 you will not be able to re-sign until after the season is completely uh, closed you have to wait until the new league year Got so it. that is, that is going to be okay back to what you were saying about mr peterson but he's just saying next year i am playing football oh really like he well, he doesn't say I am playing football. He says that he he wants to continue. He's he does not want to leave the game. Okay. Got a new team then. <clears throat> I think it would now. New poetic justice. <laughs> Jackson. Oh, no. No, you're you're missing a point. You don't get to play on a contender any further in your career. You've you've exhausted all of that. It's funny you and, say that because when he said it, the first thing that came to my mind, guess guess who? I have no clue. Tampa Bay. No, stop. Replace Rojo. Just... <laughs> no. No, 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 Mr. Baffled. Mr. Just Mr. absolutely baffled. Mr. Arians. <laughs> Mr. Arians need his whipping post. He needs, he needs that little punch. He is bag. not bringing back Rojo. He is not going to go out of his way. Why have it? Okay, look, the NFL don't have guaranteed contracts. Why did they not go out of their way to just get rid of them anyway? Why why are they keeping them on? They just want, they just, for some reason, they just thought, out of all the disrespect, I'm going to honor you in your contract. And I'm just not going to mess with you when it comes. When your contract's in, we're done. We've seen the hypocrisy with Bruce Arians. <laughs> I- oh, we- <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. right. you know, it took me a while to even catch that on to the Bruce Arians. I mean, Bruce Arians. The, um, AB? No, no. Jacksonville's ex-coach. Oh, Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer. God, these names. Er- yeah, it took me a minute to catch on. And to yeah. Just, yeah. So I was tired of saying that from day one. I was like, this is going to be a train though. wreck. It's just like, what the hell are we looking at here? This is not really happening, and it's happening. You know, and the fact that Rojo has not stepped up and choked his coach out by now <laughs> is the thing that's getting me more than anything. That's, that's why I'm like, this can't be as serious as it seems. This dude is too mild-mannered for this. Now I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't care. Because whatever the hell is going on in Florida is obviously something that don't go anywhere else in this country. So I'm yeah. good. With that being said, let's move forward. All right. Uh, before we get to Black Monday and, and the, the the late firings that happened on Tuesday, um, I want to quickly talk about some teams. There are, what, eight, eight, 18 teams that just got knocked out of the playoff race mm-hmm. or that have been knocked out uh, and, and won't be uh, moving any forward, playing any more games. And I think 14 of those 18 teams have questions at QB. I just want to go down the list. Okay. It starts with Russell Wilson, obviously. Him in Seattle. Was that his last one? I don't think he wants to stick around for a rebuild at this point of his career. So that's a massive question. Uh, Detroit, what are you guys doing about Jared Goff? Are we looking to upgrade? Are we just happy that we have somebody who wants to play for us? Or what's the case there? Houston. You got two questions at quarterback. Starts with Deshaun Watson, which has been a question for a whole whole year now. And Davis Mills. I mean, Davis Mills hasn't looked bad by any means. And it, are we looking to build around him, or are we looking to find another upgrade? I, I would say don't go for the fool's go. Like, take what you got from him this year. And look, if you got a building plan, look, if he's only to fall back, let him fall back on him. Don't let – don't just – this is our number one option. I need to find the the FanDuel odds for this, but I, I'm saying it right now. I think anybody 
who has any any disposable income, whatever the odds are, Tua playing in Houston in 2022, I think is a massive one to try to go hit. It could work. Because I, I think it's almost a lock that Deshaun Watson is playing in Miami next year. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't, I, I, I don't see anybody, anybody else taking that Miami job. I feel like Miami is going to go all in to go get Deshaun Watson, and if they can't get him, they're going to stick with Tua. Wow! But if that hits, if Deshaun Watson is playing in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty two, he will be playing for the Miami Dolphins, and then that just leaves like, okay, then where does Tua go? I think it's just a straight that up. That is the only team. In, in, in my opinion, that I could see Deshaun Watson playing for in 2022. Because okay. I feel like at this point, Miami's tried before what, the second that they that he was on the on his on their list, they were like, okay, yep, we're gonna try. Didn't work out. They said that they were they were done trying to talk about it. We're going all in with Tua. And then as the season was starting training camp, we hear rumblings of them trying to go get Deshaun Watson again. And then Trade deadline's coming up, and that is like literally the only story outside of Odell Beckham. It training uh trade deadline uh day, and it's just like okay, well, if there's any news coming across, it's going to be one of those two. Okay, and so it's just been a topic conversation week in week out, and now yeah, we had a little bit of dead period because obviously nobody can be traded uh after the deadline, so. Mm -hmm. The whole story is going to come back up the second that these allegations are cleared up and resolved as much as 22 sexual assault allegations can be resolved. Mm -hmm. um, the second that that's done, I think it's it's almost a foregone conclusion. They've already talked multiple times. They have a structure. They they We were assuming that they basically had a deal done. They just needed to figure out what was happening with those allegations before the deadline. And since nothing happened with those, they were like, okay, well, we'll just table this until the end of the year. And so that to me is like, okay, second season's over. Second, those allegations get cleared up. We, I think that they have a deal already in place. And I think Tua is a part of it. I think Tua in picks for Deshaun Watson coming back. Mm -hmm. So that's just my thought. Um, and I, I would say, if there is a, a a line on Tua playing in Houston uh, in 2022, if it's a good line, I would put money down on that because that that I think it's almost a foregone conclusion at this point. Okay. Um. Who else you got? <laughs> New York Giants. Daniel Jones. It sounds like they're bringing him back, but that's just because they have no other options. Are they going to be looking for his replacement or in the draft? They've got two picks super high. Are they going after? That was the thought that came to my mind. Like, why wouldn't the Giants be going after Deshaun Watson? Mike, I think they're going to go after Russell Wilson. Okay, keep going. Um, got Carolina, Sam Darnold. It's, he's, he, I mean, he's under contract next year, but are you looking for his heir apparent or what have you? Or are you just going to lock in this year, just one more year of Sam Darnold and, and, and move on after the fact? Man, you talk about from this first three weeks. This last fifteen, <laughs> you couldn't be as far from oh, oh, from one side of the planet to the other. He was an MVP candidate in the first three weeks. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, September. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I guess the question in Denver is going to be: Are they going to be trying to get into these veteran QB sweepstakes? Because I don't think they're going to be going after uh, well, we a rookie already, quarterback. We already know that they are bringing Teddy Bridgewater back. We knew that before the season was even grinding down. 
Which, if they're smart, they would though. If like if you can't get a clear upgrade, like if you're not getting Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, I think like Teddy Bridgewater, that's like a like bring him back. Slam dunk. Yeah, and, like he knows the system. What the hell is this Drew Lock? He knows nonsense? the players because they saying the exact same. Where did you saying is how Drew Lock is still there? <laughs> he knows the system. They he knows the play. He can't play. <laughs> what? Where's the dis? What? Why is there a disconnect here? The guy. You're throwing them out there. I don't even know how many. Okay. I'm going to just say plus at this point. He has close to 30 starts, if not more. Uh, Drew Locke. I have no idea. But I'm sure his winning percentage is well below. You know, it, it has to be at 20, 30% winning at, at best. Just, yeah, okay. Well, uh, first interviews are done. First day of interviews. Sorry, breaking news. What's going on? First day of interviews are done in Chicago. They got two. They did an interview with uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Cook from uh, Cleveland. Uh, he's an executive over there for the Quickly, GM. Position. not that segment. I just asked him a really quick question. Oh, sorry. And, and head coach uh, uh, Doug Peterson. They, Get back to that later. Yeah. Got it. Um, but, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm baffled at how they have just shown no type of um, – Commitment to Teddy Bridgewater after just trading for him. They didn't pick him up in free agency. That's true. I didn't even think about that. They did trade for him. (laughs) Which made me think, okay, they finally said, screw it. We're not going to go out there and Rodgers or he's not coming. We're moving on to plan B. We're moving forward. That did not happen. They just, well, we just want to get this guy in for now. We're trying to look for something They didn't even commit to him being the starting quarterback until like, Week three of the preseason. That's what I mean. And why would you trade for that to put him in this type? It, there's yeah. a lot of questions uh, there, okay. but like I, I said. I don't want to stop you, but okay, Denver, you got Teddy yeah. Bridgewater. That's six, six teams now. Yeah. Atlanta, Matt Ryan, are they going to? I know he's got a contract. Do I really have to put this man around? Is this really in question? It's Atlanta. Is it, And Matt Ryan is in question? I don't know if he's moving on or not. We We don't know what's happening over there. Uh, Why would he be saying Atlanta? We were, I'm, I'm, this is to Atlanta, to the city of Atlanta. <laughs> I it's a I. Why in the world? Even if you're not, even if you're not Falcon fans, <laughs> just to the city of Atlanta, why would the Falcons be keeping <laughs> Matt Ryan? Anybody in the city can answer this question. Go, <laughs> uh, Washington football team. Hey, Taylor Heineke looked damn good on this crap roster. We building around him, or what are we doing? He did up until the last few weeks. It, yes, God. okay, but they were already done, and they had no no healthy know. players. I don't know. It just don't bring me. It'll give me a lot of. It's just an OTA next year. I'm not super excited. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, dude. Uh, well, <laughs> go ahead. There's been rumors also in Cleveland of Baker Mayfield possibly uh, planning on requesting a trade out of Cleveland. Uh, but we also did get some news earlier uh, this week. Uh, Cleveland execs are stating that they fully expect to have Baker back as a starter in 2022. So wait to the draft. Yeah, there's a lot of questions there. Uh, Minnesota, Kirk Cousins. I know it's hard. I mean, guaranteed 45 million goddamn dollars next year. But hey, what are we doing? Are we going to try to 
renegotiate and and, and restructure that contract? Are we? I say y'all need to call them people up in the Giants organization to make a deal <laughs> and just just get this dude off your books. Jeez. I don't know how that's gonna happen. That's it's that's the a Giants, tough one. And, you know, they I think make, the only they could they can make one more bad move. I think there's only no one team one that has the the, the <laughs> capital to 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 take on that contract would be Jacksonville, and they've already got uh, Trevor Lawrence. Like they're not gonna do it. Um, New Orleans, they... what's your next move at QB? Taysom Hill. You, you just gave him that contract, but hey, uh, or are you gonna bring back Jameis Winston? Or hey, Trevor Simeon looked pretty good. He did for what, a game and a half? One, no, one, one half. One, one half, <laughs> one game? Okay. Uh, Miami, are they sticking with Tua, or are they doing what I think is almost a, a, a shoo-in, uh, taking him and sending him over to Houston? Uh, and then Indianapolis, are they going to try to continue to build around Carson Wentz, or are they going to move on to try to see if uh, – I mean, he's only guaranteed, I think, $15 million next year, so that's not too bad, and I, I think that there's going to be some teams that would take that on. Hmm. Um. But still, questions remain if they're going to try to get somebody in the draft or they're going to go with Jacob Eason or if they're going to stick with Carson. So, right. especially after that disappointing game, I think he's had a great season in, in all honesty. I mean, he definitely limited the turnovers. It just did not translate to that week 18 game. But neither here nor there, Carson Wentz is still on the chopping block. We'll see if he uh, stays or if he goes. Um, but let's talk about Black Monday. Yes. This was kind of the talk of the week. Um, let's start with the ones that we already know and the one that definitely has not had any interviews so far or any speculation of candidates besides one guy, and that would be with the Raiders, who just made the playoffs. They did fire John Gruden in the middle. Sorry, they parted ways with John Gruden in the middle of the season. Uh, and interim head coach Rich Passaccia is obviously, at this point, I think he's been in a, what, three-month interview so far? And so I I think he's making a great bid after they just earned themselves a playoff bid and they they look damn good you right now. Yourself some 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 spot somewhere in his organization. If, yeah. If it's not a head coach. Um now Jacksonville, they fired Urban Meyer in the middle of the season. Uh, I think too late for my liking, but neither here nor there. Um there's quite a few oh, guys that just kept him. I mean, what <laughs> what they go? They were not going to win the last game with I mean, maybe not. Who yeah, knows? We never know. Uh, there's quite a few candidates that have been uh, talked about with them. Um, it starts with the uh, interim head coach, um, Daryl Bevel, that's already there. Um, I don't think with his tenure uh, so far that that is going to. I think it would go a very long way for them to step outside of whoever's in the organization <laughs> right now and bring some somebody fresh and new. Well, speaking of outside the organization, let's talk about outside of the entire NFL. Uh, they've got three former head coaches that they have uh, requested interviews for um, and probably already had some interviews with some of these guys. Head coach Jim Caldwell is back on the table, uh, <laughs> former Detroit uh, head coach. Uh, head coach Doug Peterson uh, has been talked about in Jacksonville. Former Indianapolis coach, too, by the way. True. He came right oh, behind yeah. Junji. That, that's yeah. true. Um, and then also head coach Bill O'Brien, uh, former head coach, has been talked about uh, from being pulled out of the college ranks back into – this the same Bill O'Brien that was in Houston? That would be the one, sir. <laughs> that would be a very Jacksonville, Jacksonville thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that's probably the number one candidate. Uh, and then some uh, coordinators that are being talked about, um, Dallas and Dallas offensive and defensive uh, coordinator uh, is going to be Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn have been uh, linked to the job. 
uh, Tampa Bay, OC and DC, Brian Leftwich and Todd Bowles, Indy uh, defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus, and Green Bay offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett have all been uh, considered uh, over in Jacksonville so far. Um, Denver also fired head coach Vic Vangio the day after, uh, right on that Sunday. That was a breaking news Sunday morning. That is the most shocking thing they have done all season to me. Denver? Tim, for me, in my, I just, I didn't. That's that's the second one, second most baffling fire in this, in this off season for me. Yeah, <clears throat> well, I, I, I think I told you this when it happened, uh, and, and we talked about it that morning. I was, I wasn't shocked be, based off of the statements that Vic Vangio was making over the last couple of weeks before this happened, where he was trying to make a bid in with the media and try to gain some rapport with him, I guess. Uh, so I, I wasn't really shocked when it happened just based off of the way that he was talking for the last couple of weeks. Um, but they have, uh, actually considered and, and requested, uh, for a couple of head coaches already and some, and some coordinators. Um, so starts with Kansas city offensive coordinator, Eric B I think he's the front runner for the Denver job as it stands right now. Um, just kind of early discussions. Uh, Philadelphia defensive coordinator uh, Jonathan Gannon uh, is going to be uh, considered for the Denver job. Uh, they also took in Green Bay QB coach Luke Getze. Um, not sure where that, if that name is going to be connected to any other jobs uh, moving forward. Uh, they also did request uh, offensive coordinator uh, Nathaniel Hackett from Green Bay as well. Shockingly, Defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn has been considered for this job, apparently. Um, they also are looking at New England linebacker coach Gerard Mayo, uh, Dallas uh, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, and also the Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell are being uh, linked to uh, interview for these jobs. <sighs> Chicago. They did the right thing. They fired Ryan Pace. They fired head coach Matt Nagy. Uh, Quite a few names linked to these jobs here. So starts with Buffalo over in Chicago. Uh, defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, Frazier is the early kind of favorite that's been talked about with uh, Chicago so far. Mm -hmm. uh, they also are interested in offensive coordinator from Buffalo, Brian Dable. Uh, Brian, Byron Leftwich and Todd Bowles, both out of Tampa Bay, uh, also connected to this job. Green Bay offensive coordinator uh, Nathaniel Hackett and Indy defensive coordinator uh, defensive coordinator Matt Eberflus uh, also being considered. Uh, like I said just a few minutes ago, um, they have uh, actually conducted the interview already with Doug Peterson uh, for mm -hmm. head coach, um, and then also with uh, Cleveland exec uh, Glenn Cook as well for the GM position. Some other names that are being thrown around for the GM position. A guy I've never heard of, Cleveland VP of football operations, Kwesi Adolfo Minsa, uh, is being considered for the GM job. Um, Indy director of college scouting, Morocco Brown. Uh, New Orleans assistant GM, Jeff Ireland. And Indy assistant GM, Ed Dodds. That is the one that interests me the most, Indy GM, Ted, uh, Ed Dodds, because he is right under... Uh, oh, who is the GM over there right now? in Indianapolis can't remember his name uh but he's been well renowned I mean he's built that indie uh entire roster uh, after um losing uh Andrew Luck so Chris Chris Ballard is his name okay um 
So he's been sitting under him. And if that's the guy that they're going to bring in, the guy who's kind of been groomed by Chris Ballard, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm totally in for, for that. If, if he has the, the, the chops for it. So we'll see. Uh, but they have already interviewed Glenn Cook for the job, and they're going to continue conducting interviews. It is stated that they are going to uh, try to get the GM before they go with the head coach. Um, so we'll see if they stick to that. Um, but they did say if they find the right, right head coach while they're conducting interviews, they will hire him on the spot, regardless of what is happening with the GM side of things. Um Minnesota has fired GM Rick Spielman, which I think is one of the biggest shocks. Um, and Mike Zimmer, that's not a shock. That was a given. Uh, <laughs> but I think another huge shock out of Minnesota is that they basically have requested nobody for interview so far. I think they have one GM that they've uh, requested uh, interview for and one head coach so far. Going with the player coach model. Yeah. There. And I just am baffled by that. I, I was just like, <laughs> what are you guys just sitting on your hands for? Like, everybody is interviewing right now. Go out there and do something. Um, and this is the shock of all shocks. Miami fired Brian Flores. What are we doing? I, you, 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 you're just talking to the wall at this point. <laughs> that just like, what? There was some explanation. So, no. There is no, there's no, there's no logical one. But go ahead, you try. I'm not saying it was logical, but there is a, a, a explanation, nevertheless. Yeah, there is a discussion that has happened. Um, it basically <laughs> there has been some internal power struggle between Brian Flores and Chris Greer, and we all know Miami's owner. Miami's owner basically lives in California, so he, this dude is so hands off. He has like no, <laughs> no pulse of the team whatsoever. Um, now, there are some players that have come out recently after his firing that have stated that they've had some issues with him, but there are also players, more overwhelmingly more players that are like, this is the dude, like, he is the man, like, this guy is going to ride or die for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently, it was Brian Flores who kind of, inside the building, had told people to hold off on Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. and with that and him being such a big supporter of Tua, um, it seems like that struggle had kind of come to a head. And when the owner came back to try to have the discussion on who is going to be kind of the leader moving forward, they landed on Chris Greer, who hasn't been able to draft or attract free agents. Uh, he's actually sent away more free agents than he's brought in. So, I'm. What has Chris Greer done that makes you think that you're going to this? This is like the definition of a dysfunctional franchise. I. I, This is why they're never going to catch up to Buffalo and New England. Never. I don't know. Uh, um, I don't have any answer for that. I'm sorry. Uh, It's freaking Miami. I don't know what to do. <laughs> they have been they they have requested one head coach to come in so far, and that is Buffalo uh offensive coordinator Brian Dable to take over. Um and then New York uh is the last team to do anything. Uh Gettleman uh actually straight up was just like, oh, I'm done. I'm retiring. So hmm. GM after since he's been hired. Basically, everybody's been like, this dude is trash. What are you doing? You're taking this team quickly the the opposite direction of where they're trying to go. Mm-hmm. He retires and gets to walk away scot-free. And then 
right after that Tuesday, well, what it sounded like is that they were going to stick with Joe Judge. It, like the the owner came out and was like, "Yep, Joe Judge is our guy. We're going to go in with. We're planning to go back into 2022 with this dude leading the team." And then less than 12 hours later, I wake up to head coach Joe Judge fired on Tuesday morning. How quickly did what happened? <laughs> I, I think somebody might have slipped the standings over to this to this guy and was like, "Look, outside of this one tie, you're in last place." Just throwing it out there. I told you this team was bad. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna give you any kind of revelation here, but seriously, just in most, just in. Look, I said it. I told you so. Line, whatever it is, getting on my soapbox. I told you, you, whoever's listening, I told you this team was notoriously, this this franchise is just notoriously just in this era right now. Of the, they're in one of these down eras. They are horribly bad. Just horrible. From and you, top to you bottom. are 100% right. And you know what drives that, home, that point home even more? The Jets look better than you right now. You know, and, and that, that, yes. You said everything without saying much. <laughs> so, yes. Right. And the, these are the New York Giants that I've heard about in the 70s, you know, which I didn't watch football in the 70s. Hell, I wasn't barely born in the <laughs> 70s, yet alone. But the point being is, they have slipped back into an era of just oblivion. That uh, be, It predates my NFL knowledge. So, it, yeah. it's when I. <sighs> And why I'm going in so hard is because I've never seen this franchise this bad. It, I mean, they've had bad seasons, yeah. but to see them just in a stretch of time, they are they got poorly rid of Tom ran. Coughlin and uh, oh, the GM over there before. Uh, I know you. I can't. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but I mean, he won two goddamn champions championships with it and beat Tom freaking Brady twice. Like they built teams that were actually scary and like. You got rid of them, and you have never looked anywhere near that good. Even the year that they made the playoffs and got beat by Green Bay on a last-second heave by Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers was mm. Hail Mary King for, for three years. Right. Even that year, that team did not – it was still dysfunctional. It, it was still just like, uh, yeah, I mean, like you got some talent, but, man, it's just not – I don't see it coming together. And it didn't. And it's just like – Wow. And it's devolved to a point where the fact that the Jets kept their head coach and you're now in this perpetual cycle of firing and rehiring and firing and rehiring head coaches and you stuck with Dave Gettleman way longer than you should. You should have never hired this guy. (laughs) And it's just at a point where I'm just like, I don't see where up is for this team. I, I don't. I, it, I don't see how this team is going to climb out of this hole. Okay. A couple things. They Finally, it took them a few days and reservations that you were sharing. To, <laughs> what hey, were you, what well, were you considering? Why is he still here? <laughs> why, why are we going this direction? Okay, Judge. <laughs> Joe Judge is out. <laughs> it's pretty obvious. Daniel Jones needs to be out. I'm just, you need to, I'm sorry, you got to scrap this. Saquon Barkley, I, I, I mean, look, I can go down the whole list of the offense. You can get rid of all of them guys. 
You can get rid of the old defense too, but you can't because you gave these guys contracts that aren't go good. I to the defense because I think they have a few redeeming players over there. Hear what I said? I said a few in quotations. I, give me a name because I don't got one. Let me throw up the roster because I can't even recall <laughs> can't one. Even. Of. I just remember they had a couple people they over got there. Nobody. And, and you know what? It's not even worth my time to research <laughs> it. I'm not even going to argue the case that that hard. It doesn't matter. They're a notoriously bad franchise. But I do know for a fact, starting with the offense, scrap the whole damn thing. Offensive line, scrap the whole. Day. Y'all have nothing, nothing, nothing. So. Yes, to your to your to your point, I have no idea what up is going to look like, where you start, where you begin. I don't know what to say. It, it's going to be one of those situations where I've I felt that about teams, and then within the next season or so, it just started bringing these people, and it never moves the needle for me. But then all of a sudden, they just get better, and then yeah. all of a sudden, they are like, okay. But I'm glad that's not a process, and I'm not a part of a fan base where I have to watch this train wreck try to fix itself. And repair itself. So hey, you're lucky over here. I don't care. Chiefs fan with this dynasty roster. Hey, 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 hey. <sighs> How about a sit Before here and suffer that? with? Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I had to wait longer than you've been alive, okay, to see this happen. It's not my fault. <laughs> no, no. My point being is, it's all I've known I've, since I've been alive. I've long you suffered. got to watch a championship. I've long suffered. You got to watch a championship. I long suffered way before you started breathing air, okay? So don't. You got you got Jim McMahon at least. All, all I've that. had is Jay goddamn Cutler. That happened when I was nine, eight years old. You got barely to was see paying it. attention. Yeah, sort of. You remember it. I do remember it. Exactly. But, but I don't. I, I all I remember is I Jay Cutler with Sunday. his freaking. I I'm th- riding on the electric oh, bike no. on seven, the side seven, of the sideline in a freaking I wasn't, NFC I wasn't championship seven game years, against Green Bay. I wasn't seven <laughs> years old sitting up there like, oh, it's football Sunday. It's time to watch the Bears. I didn't oh. do that. I you I, you know you know you want to know the two games I've seen the year the Bears won the Super Bowl you want to know the two games I watched the Super Bowl that's one and the game before the championship game. I told you to start already. <laughs> the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl the two that matters the most <laughs> I missed all the other wins and the one loss to see I have not seen I the I the closest I got was 2006 and oh I was so happy when I got to see or the sorry the, the year was actually 2007. But the Rex Grossman championship. Oh, God. <laughs> the Rex Grossman squander. Sexy Rexy. Oh my God. But I just you you I remember the opening kickoff. Me and Razan sitting in the living room watching watching this man just Devin Hester. Insane return. And then all of a sudden I, there was no up from there. Well, it was Rex Grossman turnover after turnover after Rex Grossman turnover as then, he does. No, oh, no, no. And then we had Cedric Benson who who um what did he do in these two plays? I'm trying to remember because it was, it was the most two, uh, two dysfunctional plays ever. Oh, what does he do? I think he ran and uh, correct me if I'm, I'm gonna have to go back. I think he had took he ran and got stuffed in this one play, and then so they decided to run the ball again on the second one. I, I and I think he fumbles the ball, loses the ball, and then he gets injured all in the same play. It, it was, was the out of the most game. dramatic two plays I have ever seen. Do you do remember what I'm yes. talking about? <laughs> he, he right about the first one. He just got absolutely stuffed at the line on the first one. Like right. not even at the line. I don't think he made it back to the line. Like the offensive line just completely devolved on the play. It was the two worst plays I've seen in the 
in history of just in anybody's. Mm, there was one more from Rex Grossman that was way more egregious in this game. But go ahead. But regardless, um, then the next play, I don't know how I it it just looked stupid. It it was just the epitome of just this is what it was literally a play that has looked like the Jacksonville Jaguar season. <laughs> He wow. gets stuffed again, basically, fumbles, and injured. Was it his leg? I can't even remember what he got injured, what the injury was. But something I just to his leg, ankle, <laughs> knee. I, there's something down there, and whatever the case, it, it it was just such a momentum shift on top of what Rex Gross. But do you remember, do remember when before. Greg Olson is just like screaming down, like he is just wide. He is. But naked, wide open in the back of the you end zone. And me. Rex Grossman throws the ball into the stands and throws it away. You know what I tell me? Because <laughs> up until that, up until that moment, I just, I mean, and I'm just going to, this is Chicago fun fact <sighs> history. Into that moment, Chicago had only one registered championship loss on their books. Mm. And that was the 92 Stanley Cup finals mm. between the. Pittsburgh Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks. The only time, if you was a Chicago fan, that you have witnessed them lose a championship. And then came 2007, January of 2007, yeah. and we got to see the Bears lose in the Super Bowl. Tragic. So, in, in Chicago sports, I don't think Chicagoans know how to articulate losing in a championship game because it's either we don't ever go, or if we get there, we take and run the show and that's just been the mo in chicago until that until that i'm saying about the bears because that was a little bit more of a wider fan base as opposed to mm. blackhawk fans back then was a very select group of people who walked through the city or not walked through the city it just yeah. it, did, it just wasn't that many it, it was not as it was not as popular as it as it has been in this dynasty field year uh era that we got to see 20 years after the fact. But, yeah, once we got Taves and Kane, it was just like, I, I couldn't stop watching hockey. No, I mean, between them and the Lynx, oh my God. Dan like Quinn? Every other year. We Not Dan watching. Quinn, sorry. Joe Kunville. Yes. Coach Q. But I miss on. him so We're much. We're not talking about Chicago. <laughs> it was a segue. segue we were back. talking about dysfunctional franchises. Dysfunctional franchise, right. Uh, but so, let's get off depressing stuff and let's talk about some season awards. I think it's time to talk about right, it uh, as this. the regular season has ended. I don't know why we don't hand out awards during this time period, the week before the playoffs, because that's what it should be accounted for. But neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven major awards to talk about. Um, and we'll go from the least celebrated to the most. Um, and I just want to look at the odds and see how we're feeling about these ones. Um, so let's start with comeback player of the year. Start at the top four is basically where it lies uh, in this one. Uh, there's a couple of more that are on the list, but they're not winning it. Um, it starts with a heavy favorite, Dak Prescott, at minus 140. Okay. Uh, Joe Burrow uh, at plus 110. Nick Bosa at plus 6,500. And Carson Wentz at plus 10,000 to win the award. Hmm. Um. I think it's got to go to Dak Prescott just from the season that he's had. But if there was ever a person to really contend against this, I think the number two and three are actually really good to to talk about in, in the conversation. 
Uh, Nick Bosa at three plus six thousand five hundred, I think, is insane. Uh, he's just been he's a game wrecker, regardless of his injuries. Um, and then Joe Burrow, my God, the season he's had has been insane. So I, without question, he should be in the conversation. I would arguably say that he should be over Dak Prescott personally, but hey, I, yeah, considering how we was projecting Cincinnati, how they structured their team the nature of his injury, mm-hmm. the nature of what their issues were supposed to be in light of that injury and what he went out there and did and just made us look really damn plum foolish. And I'm, you know, which only left me at the end of the year because I thought this was a complete, I ain't going to say it was a fluke, but it was definitely an outlier. You're going to have to show me that again because I don't believe y'all can reduplicate that type of success with, such a suspect offensive line coming off an injury like that. With that, all that being said, I thought that was a little bit more impactful, not necessarily more impressive, but more impactful than what was going on in Dallas, you know, and and taking nothing away from Dak Prescott. The bottom line is y'all already had a dynamic offense. That's that, that didn't change. What changed is it has nothing to do with Dak Prescott. Where the hell did that defense come from? Yeah. So I agree to to a point. I think Dak has still been insane this season for sure. I mean, I've had him on my fantasy team and God, he was great. Uh, I mean, there's one or two games where he just like didn't show up, but that was like, all right, we're just going to hand the ball off to Zeke and Tony Pollard today. Hey, um, Hey, 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 I had Kyler Murray in place of that guy. Yeah. With that being said, that was your mistake. Not mine. (laughs) I don't think I would have made any much difference with having either player. True. To be honest with you, so. uh, <laughs> no, but uh, I, I do agree with you. I would say Joe Burrow should be the favorite, but I, uh, like, if I was a voter, I would. With less. If I was a voter, I would vote for Joe Burrow. But he has a better. I'm betting Dak Prescott to win this award for sure. Uh, but I do think um, for the next one, I would definitely say Zach Taylor, head coach of the year, because. I think the thing that is more impressive to me about Cincinnati more than what their offense is doing Mm -hmm. is the defense over there showing up in just in big spots, making massive stops against multiple teams that we thought they never would have a chance to play even half decent against. That is true. So let's talk about the, the, that award head coaches. Mike Vrabel is definitely the favorite right now out of Tennessee. Minus 185. Zach Taylor is number two at plus 250. Matt LaFleur is third at plus 350. And Bill Belichick rounds out the list at plus 4,000. Like I said, that I I see why Mike Vrabel is definitely in consideration for it. But man, Zach Zach Taylor, I feel like, should be the coach of the year based off of our expectations of their teams going into the year. Like, I feel like he should get it the way that Matt Nagy got head coach of the year in 2018. Mm. Like, nobody ever thought Chicago was going to be a playoff team. Nobody ever thought Cincinnati was going to be a playoff team. Regardless of them only getting 10 wins or not, man, they played out of their mind. And they, they, they took over the AFC North, a, a historic franch- a historic division that just does not allow Cincinnati to ever win anything. Right. Is what is it? The second time in the last twenty years Cincinnati has won this division. Yeah, <laughs> if I can't even remember the first time, but yeah, twenty fifteen, sure. Carson Palmer. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> so, I would say Zach Taylor is. I think 
Mike Vrabel is going to win it, but because what Mike Vrabel did is definitely, without question, very, very fascinating. Let me tell you what's fascinating. It's impressive. Let me tell you what's fascinating. Mike Tomlin and what he did in Pittsburgh. Talk about doing something, a little bit, but nothing. That's... (laughs) I just tried to spin a horrible situation, and this dude finds himself in the playoffs. That's impressive. You know where he lost the... It's impressive in a very negative way. Yes, you're totally correct. And I would say... If this one thing hadn't happened this year, he would definitely be in consideration for me. I What's think that? you know exactly what I'm talking about. I hope it ain't, but go ahead. That damn tie to the Detroit Lions. I knew you were. <laughs> but that's you tied to the damn Lions. That's what got him in, though. <laughs> as long as they didn't lose. <laughs> they just they couldn't lose the game. No. Was if it? they were 10-7 and seven with a win over Detroit, yeah. But the I, very I, thing I as to you. why I'm saying that he should be on the list and maybe consider is the very reason why he should. All at the same yeah. time. It it was a back-ended joke, but... <laughs> It is impressive in a very weird way. But so who would you pick out of this list? Um, if it had to be that as list, a betting man, just like who do you think is going to win? And if you are going to bet, I guess you can give that one too. It should be the Bengals coach. I'm, I'm Zach Taylor. It, it really should. I'm, I'm, and I'm not saying that to, you know, just to be just trying to just just to be throwing a name out there. I really he, you you got to take this ten and seven. Take it for whatever it is. It don't have to be. I know there's teams out here with 13 and 12 wins and all yeah. this and that. But you, but if you look at just we were predicting this week, team at like four stri- wins, right? Straight the strength of schedule and so on. Exactly. <laughs> T- Ten and seven and could have been a few more technically. Swept both Baltimore and Pittsburgh this year, and the only reason why they didn't sweep Cleveland is because they didn't play Joe Burrow last week. Right. Like. They went five and one in this. Def- like I, I, I gotta give it to him. They, they, Zach Taylor. Is it, it just, it insane. was a very impressive. And run. also think halfway through what the, the season, we were talking about Zach Taylor getting fired. Right. So, like, I just, it's insane to think that he's not the one who's gonna win it. And again, not a slight at Mike Rabel in in the slightest. Like it's just like. What Zach Taylor did is just by far more impressive than what happened over in Tennessee. Tennessee, we we expected you to win the division. Mm-hmm. We expected you to go out there and 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 dominate a crap division. This team fought through a very tough division against precedents and against actually talented teams and continued to fight week in and week out and and ended up uh, getting themselves into the playoffs and winning a, the one of the toughest divisions uh, of the season. Um, I think defensive rookie of the year has been a race that has kind of been locked up for quite some time. Uh, they do have two people in the race, though, um, and it comes down to, I mean, just I, I just want to see if you can take a shot at who's in who, who's in these uh, in this race. What race is this? Defensive in? rookie of the year. Defensive rookie. Oh, God. Okay. Um. At least I didn't change my page here, and I think I no, I did not. Okay, defensive rookie of the year. Yeah, one's a given. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. Trayvon Diggs. Wrong. Trayvon Diggs is a he's, he's a defensive year. player of the year. 
Is, but he, what year is he in? Uh, is he in his second year? Three, I think. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm well, one is on the same team, Micah Parsons. How did I not? <laughs> okay. The other one, I don't think anybody, I mean, he's been great, but I don't think anybody's had him anywhere near close Micah Parsons, and it's reflecting in, in the odds. Patrick Sertain is in, 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 in the running uh, out of Denver. Uh, but Micah Parson is at minus 10,000 to win the award, and Patrick Sertain is at plus 900. <laughs> the odds are just it, it. This is Micah Parsons' award. Like it is a given. Micah Parsons is the defensive player of the year, a uh, defensive rookie of the year, rather. Um, and he's he's. A, I think he should be in consideration for defensive player of the year. But there is a guy, uh, in that category that has been in even more insane than than Micah Parsons. Um, wow. Offensive rookie of the year. That's a two horse race. Um, starts with Jamar Chase at minus two fifty. That's my award winner for this one. Uh. Mac Jones was in the race for quite some time. He's at plus 200. I would have had him back probably week, what was that? Week 15 weeks. Yeah, I think it was week 15 when they went on their bye week or week 14. So we said offensive rookie of the year? Yeah. Are you telling me Najee Harris is not even considered on this? Man rushed for 1,200 yards this year. Good for him. He didn't do anything better than Jamar Chase. Yeah, but I'm looking at a whole bunch of um stud veterans that's all around him, and he's the only rookie sitting there, and he's not at the bottom of that list. So I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't think you should get penalized for being on a bad team if you actually excelled beyond that. And I would say that because a, a person like a Saquon Barkley could take a page out of this, out of a Najee Harris book. Yeah, just throwing it out there. <laughs> Same position, by the way. But that's that's all I'm getting at. I thought that was impressive considering. I he played on a horrible offense. I totally agree, but what Jamar Chase did this year is... No, no, no. I'm I just saying, it's interesting that he's not even on the list. That's what I'm saying. Not that he needs to be yeah. number one. I'm just like, wow, he didn't even get an honorable mention. Nope. Uh, but it, I think it was very close between Jamar Chase and Mac Jones in... Uh, Mac Jones, back the in last month, was... It's been completely dreadful. out He's race. had one good game against Jacksonville, and then just two, three terrible game and it was jacksonville yeah (laughs) on top of that but i mean jamar chase i think that kansas city game won it for him i think man i think he was even before that but uh yeah well he didn't have such a good week the week before and then that i think there was still the slight question after mac jones had a pretty bad when it was like okay well it's one of these two just who's going to finish out better. And Jamar Chase had that game against Kansas City, and I was like, yep, it's done. It's over. <laughs> gotcha. Just like there was no question about it at that point, to me anyway. Okay. Uh, minus 250, he's going to win that award. Um, defensive player of the year, I don't know how this man is not a a, a, a negative favorite uh, on the odds here, but <sighs> Let, I'm going to start from the bottom, go up. Uh, starts with Miles Garrett. Um, okay. He is on the list at plus twelve hundred. Aaron Donald is at plus eight hundred. Can we just take? Can we take? Can we take Garrett off right now? No, Donald needs to come off. I'm sorry. If you take the Bears game out of the equation, oh, Miles yeah. Garrett is not even in this list. He's That's not even true. in the conversation. This That's was fair. a one game. It had nothing to really. It was more so what Chicago did and and was doing, and not so much. I just yeah. 
He had a couple of good games after I'm that. Not saying it wasn't he didn't, up to it wasn't up to that. Bears the only game. thing that got him that they continue to keep him in this conversation, really, if you just go back, it pinpoints to this one game. Yeah. And that's it. Well, it started there, but he but had a ahead. couple he had multiple games where he had like two, three sacks, and it was like, Jesus, man, this dude is, is he's a game wrecker. Uh but I the one that I'm like baffled is on the list is Aaron Donald. Because it's just like, yes. It's name recognition at this point because it's just like, dude, like, yeah, you had a good season, but it's not anywhere near comparable to the other pass rushers on this list. I feel like Miles Garrett has a better year than than Aaron Donald did as a pass rusher. And it's not to say that Aaron Donald didn't create pressure. It's just it wasn't as impactful as when Miles Garrett was on the field. It wasn't as impactive as when the dude that I think should be a minus favorite on this list, TJ Watt, was this year. Right. It's like, I, I don't understand. Okay, but go Aaron Donald. I got yeah, you. So Aaron Donald plus 800. Trayvon Diggs in the running for defensive player of the year at plus 750. Before I get to TJ Watt, who's at plus 185, I think there should be another guy on this list. And I think this is who I would replace. Micah Parsons should be on this list in replace of Aaron Donald to me. Yeah, I mean, for Chicago. Wow. They did. Okay. So Parsons almost has he has twenty six more solo tackles than this guy. One less game. Mm-hmm. Same amount of um total tackles and he Donald has a half sack less. That is hey injury. <laughs> three, whoa, three and hmm, that's very interesting. I, I just really believe Micah Parsons is he should be in in consideration for both defensive player of the year awards. Yeah, some of these I, I do I seen it even in crossing sports in the NBA where they they try to avoid giving rookies both. You know, even if they deserve, I mean, I, I get it. Well, it's almost because it, I, I will say he's not the defensive player of the year to me. It's T.J. Watt, but I, the fact right. that My, Michael Parsons isn't on the list and Aaron Donald is, I'm like, come on, this is literally just name recognition. Yeah, yeah. Thank your writers, beat writers for this one. And then, yeah. like, I, let me get on my soapbox for T.J. Watt here. Plus one eighty five on this odds makers Vegas. What are we doing here? What is going on? This man, his 22 and a half sacks, he just tied Michael Strahan's record. By the way, there should be a stat correction. That that fumble that happened, that should be a sack for T.J. Watt. He, his just mere presence around the ball made uh, Huntley fumble that ball. Mm. Like that, yes, he did not come into contact, and the ball had already touched the ground. I don't mm. care. It was because of T.J. Watt that happened. That is his sack. Like I, th- he should have twenty three and a half sacks on the on the season. If they don't do a stat correction and give him the record, that that's just that that's egregious. Hmm. So that's that for me. I the fact that he is a plus favorite on the list and mm. not a minus favorite, I think is so disrespectful. The fact that TJ Watt just can't get the just because his name is so synonymous with his brother and JJ Watt, they won't give him the respect. Like he's gonna win the award, I think. Mm -hmm. But it was there's been multiple times. What is JJ Watt? I think has three Defensive Player of the Year awards, and every single time he was like minus a thousand to win it. It's like TJ Watt is he broke the like impossible record 
he he's he was right there. He tied the like the record that nobody could get to. Right. And the only reason why Michael Strahan even has that record is because Brett Favre gave him a sack to give him the record in the last game. Way to go. If we it. remember that. I don't really. But regardless, TJ Watt should be the favorite. He is. Offensive player of the year is only a two horse race, apparently. Offensive player, okay. Yeah. I'm listening. Comes down to the two guys we've been talking about. Of course. Uh, Cooper Cup. Start with him. Minus 110 to win the Cup. award. And Jonathan Taylor. What do you think his odds are to win the award? Cooper Cup's minus 110. Minus 300 or something? Minus 110. They have the exact same dead even odds to win this award. Are we looking at a um, co-offensive player of the year? I would not be mad at it because both these guys deserve it. Yeah, I think they, I think they do. But as you were saying before, it's like one should win the MVP and the other one should be offensive player of the year. They need to just mm. figure out which one. Um, I think we know which one it should be. <laughs> then again, the other one makes even a strong. It's it's like a potato. I, potato. I would say I, I would flip what I've been saying only because of this last week. <laughs> regardless let's that kind of does yeah. tip it over at the end I'm like oh it's kind of hard to deny him at that yeah. point but. let's talk MVP yeah. uh, unfortunately this is I just don't agree with this list I did, I, I, this, this list is horrible give me this give me this crap list go ahead let's start at the bottom and work our way up okay Jonathan Taylor is at plus 3,000 oh he's Number the bottom four. yeah See, I'm plus 3,000 to, to, right to win the fact that he's at the bottom I'll yes 3,000 why is this man on the list? Joe Burrow plus 2,500? Really? <laughs> Keep going. Wow. Tom Brady is at plus 375. <sighs> Can't have a list without Tom Brady, but go ahead. And Aaron Rodgers at, is at minus 500. What are we watching this season that Aaron Rodgers is the runaway favorite to win the MVP I'm gonna you, award? I'm going to give you two stat numbers. First place in the NFC. Don't care. And 13 and four. Don't care. That's, that's all they're going off of. It don't even matter. It can be, oh, uh, he, he's, he's led the league over the Arizonas and the San Francisco's and the L.A. Rams. Dude. You easily could have lost to Cincinnati. You easily could have lost to Arizona. An Arizona team that was injured at the end of that game. Uh, a Cincinnati no, team no, no, that no. hadn't even found it's, themselves it's, no, at no, that no. point. I hear you. It sounds good. You lost to freaking New Orleans. Stop. Listen to what I'm saying, <laughs> but not so much what as to when I'm saying it right now. And, mm. and right after week 18, say it now, take, it changes the whole context. And now it's just like, oh, my God, he's that's what that's what legitimizes this 13 and four record. Or this Almost lost to Baltimore without. Look, no notice there without Lamar Jackson. Hold on. No murderers row schedule, by the way, like some of like half the damn league. Everywhere else, they've been knocking each other off the, off the pedestal, and why you got all these nine and five and ten and six, you know, ten and six, ten and seven, and nine and eight teams, you know, and eleven and fives and stuff like you know, all eleven and sixes, whatever. There's seventeen games this game, y'all. <laughs> the, the number doesn't roll off my tongue. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It's just, you, all these teams keep giving a game away. Win a game, give a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game, win a game, lose a game. Go ahead with the Green Bay. So I gave my four to start. Yep. Cincinnati, uh, Arizona. Oh, wrong, wrong computer. 
Cincinnati, Arizona, New Orleans, um, and, and Baltimore. You lost a game to the Minnesota Vikings. I don't give a damn that you were on the road. You gave 34 points. I mean, this is Green Bay, but you weren't able to overcome this Minnesota defense who's been trash all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got good guys, but they've been injured all year long. You had to get into a shootout with Chicago at the end of the year. 45 to 30, you had to get in a shootout with Chicago to. I mean, it's not really against you. Fine. And I just. I, I don't see that. That's six games this season where, yes, your team success does in, include into the MVP award. But that's six games that your team success was predicated not on your team being good. It was predicated on your team getting lucky because the other team fell apart at the end. Offensively or defensively. Like, if we're going to say because they have the 13-4 and four record, that, that record could easily be 10-7. and seven. That record could easily be 7-10. and 10. That's true. We get that, uh, you know. But at this stage... It's all the water under the bridge, you know, and it's just make it sound like we're whining and we got some big vendetta against them. And it's no, y'all. I like y'all Aaron Rodgers. I just not, he did they not did have not an pass, MVP season, and they didn't pass the eye test either. So, and that's the point to yeah. me. Tom Brady, if we're if because it's a QB's award, if there's a QB that's gonna win it. It should be Tom Brady. It, uh, it, he offensive efficiency with the amount of injuries that they've had on the offensive side of the football. And the fact that they're what twelve and five, no thirteen and four. Oh, I can't even get that right. Thirteen and four. They're same sure damn record. Make sure I got that right. Yeah, same record. What did Aaron Rodgers do to get minus five hundred? Why is everybody in love with Aaron Rodgers this year? It wasn't that impressive. Look, I'm gonna take as much as the Rams struggle. They're only one game behind them. Mm-hmm. One game, so, and Dallas as well. It's nothing justifies those numbers. I'm sorry, that's factored in based on some people would whoever put those numbers out there would have to explain that because then I'm sure it's gonna be some wonky ass. Well, it's because that's what stat, they they're but, getting. The news that they're getting is that Aaron Rodgers is basically a shoe in for the MVP. That that is what these numbers tell me. That Vegas has gotten information, inside sources mm-hmm. that are saying. This is Aaron Rodgers' award. And I'm looking at that like, who the hell is voting on this? And this is exactly why I've, I've stated multiple times. This award is supposed to be given to Cooper Taylor. or <laughs> it, is, should be, it should be Jonathan Taylor number or one Jonathan at minus Cup. 500. <laughs> it should be Cooper Cup at plus 375. And Tom Brady at plus 2,500. Mm. There have been so much more impressive football played elsewhere outside of the QB position that I'm gonna say I I have to I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna sell petition again. You saying Tom Brady, but I I would still argue Joe Burrow should be if any if a quarterback. I'm like he should be considered as an MVP as opposed to Tom Brady. I'm like dude, you on a stacked ass team. I'm like hell, we can get them damn stats on that damn team. I mean it doesn't. There take is much. that, but they did lose so many guys on the offensive side of the football and defensive side of the football. I if it, when it comes down to it, he, they have had a very effective offense. 
and yes, it is because they have a stacked team, but you've got an ancient quarterback back there who can't run, who can't move. He's, he's completely immobile that is still putting up numbers that are super effective, super efficient in dominating teams. I guess. So I, I, I would not have, I, I, impress me. I would like, I would like to say, yes, there's a new changing in the garden. Joe Burrow should be the guy to win it. But I do have to give credit where it is due. And Tom Brady, I do no, think, I was give impressive enough to get it. No, I, get, I can hear that. But that's but it's definitely not, that's not taking that's No, but that's, taking nothing away from what Joe Burrow did in a single season. Absolutely. Yes. With absolutely no, no one giving this dude <laughs> any kind of chance of winning. And no, absolutely no offensive line. And made it look like they actually have one. So I don't I don't know I'm just I I, I don't like the MVP award because like I told you already it's just nothing it's just a popularity vote and you know it's just you know people and their feelings and how they feel about something and I got warm tinglys about this guy and uh, he he won my fantasy team put it over here and it's all this other BS that comes into it and the stats are a factor but they're never necessarily chiefly primarily based on what's been done on the field. It's all a whole bunch of other stuff and, you know, and grit and, and look at Aaron Rodgers on that one toe and who effing cares, man? You know, and you know what I'm saying? This this is where the sentiment comes in and that's an MVP. That's what's valuable. And, you know, okay, we couldn't get a more subjective damn reward ever to talk about. And then we debate about it for hours, you know? Yeah. So I, I hear you. And as we said before, and I'm saying this now again today, it shouldn't even be a damn quarterback this year. It has been clear that there's two other candidates. Based off of week clear. 18 and the rest of the season beforehand, I would say now, I would say Cooper Cup should be the MVP and Jonathan Taylor, the rookie of the year. Uh, sorry, offensive player of the year. Hell, he can even be the comeback player of the year. I think mm. what he did from his rookie year to the second year. I'm just making the point. <laughs> You know, we could spin it. I could do this all night with y'all people. We could spin this. But I know. do. I would like to see if they're not going to give Jonathan Taylor the MVP, which I, I do think going into this last into the last game, I think he lost the MVP. He's going to get race. a Zeke snub. Yeah, like, you know, and I, you know, because I, I still didn't. They're going to use Week 18 against Jonathan Taylor. That that, that I can already see coming. So if you're a, a better out there. Do not put any money down on Jonathan Taylor winning it because they, they will not give him the respect that he deserves based off of week 18. Go with the cup. I wouldn't do that because they just they haven't been giving him his respect all never season long. give a receiver. A white receiver? An MVP? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not when there's a white QB to give it to. 